Hello and welcome to the Hockey News One-on-One. I'm Stephen Ellis and joining me today is Manon Riom, the only woman to ever play in the NHL, as well as author Angie Bolero, who wrote the new children's book, Breaking the Ice, a Manon story releasing on October 20th. First off, how are you both doing? Hi, so excited to be here with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Having as much fun as you possibly can, I guess, during the, the pandemic? You know, I think Mano and I have actually been having an exceptional amount of fun together. Um, so we, we really can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it's better than the opposite of being all upset what's going on. So yeah. anyways, yeah, so let's get started. So uh, first off, Mano, we got to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup again. And obviously you were part of the beginning of the franchise. So how cool was that to see that happen? It was really cool. You know, every year people are talking about my anniversary and this year to be my 20th anniversary and during the time that Tampa Bay was playing for the Stanley Cup final was just amazing. And the fact that they won the cup, um, it just made it even more special. I bet you 20 years ago, you probably weren't thinking, yeah, that's, what are the odds that this this is going to be a Stanley Cup being played kind of on the anniversary of this. It's like, it's kind of a weird thing, but that's what we're in right now. Um, going to that night, obviously, the, the night you played, and it's one no one will forget about in hockey. And you're playing for a new team in an unconventional hockey market, and they're trying to drum up as much fan support as possible. And obviously, we look at everything that's gone on now and, and how big the market's starting to grow. I guess, what was the craziest aspect of the night itself? And, and other than obviously making history and doing everything you did, but just the night itself, what was the craziest thing? You know, the, the funny thing is when I got to the ring, for me, I didn't go there thinking, oh, I'm going to be the first woman to play in the NHL and it's going to be a big deal. Actually, I, I didn't even realize the impact my story would have on people. So I just show up there to play a hockey game. But it was not just a hockey game. It was uh, an NHL game. So I remember like how nervous I was to walk from my locker room to the ice. My heart was beating so fast. Um, I could barely breathe, but the cool thing is when I stepped on the ice, like the butterfly went away and I was just playing a hockey game. And that feeling was really cool. And that's something I can always remember. And it's not until years later that I realized what I did was a big deal and that um, I inspired a lot of people along the way. And that's probably what made me feel the best. It's knowing that my story inspired people. And you, you did a lot of media and you, you did a lot of sh- uh, talk shows and everything kind of afterwards, but who was like the coolest person you got to meet that wasn't involved in hockey? Actually, uh, when I got asked to do David Letterman, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> and they asked me to do the show. I am from Quebec. We didn't have English TV. I never went to bed at 11 o'clock at night, so I never knew who he was. And everybody was making a big deal out of it. And I was just thinking, okay, I'm just doing another interview. And it's not until later in life when I was living in the U.S. and I saw how big it was and the people that was coming on this show. I was like, I cannot believe I was on this show. So I would say probably David Letterman was a coolest show. That's, that's definitely a cool one. And obviously everyone remembers your first game, but a lot of people might not remember your second game. And you got that another opportunity for that. And I guess, uh, when did you get the call to suit up for that one? And what was your favorite memories of that one? Yeah, I did the training camp two years in a row, so it was the same thing. The second year that I did the training camp, um, they asked me to play in that first uh, exhibition game against Boston. And what I remember is we played uh, in a baseball field where they put a rink. Um, So there was just a weirdest setup in the rink. I remember we were skating on it, and it was cracking. 
uh, in the morning when we were skating. It was not good ice at all. <laughs> um, but that's, they tried to have a bigger crowd than the year before. Um, so the baseball stadium was the best scenario they can have. And now I look back, uh, I look at the facility they're, they're playing in and it's just amazing. You can even compare to where they are now to where they were back then. Yeah, back then, it's like, who would want to play there? It's a weird market now. Everyone wants to play there, and we saw how good of a team they had uh, at least the last couple of years, and all paid off this year. Now, your son Dylan is an NCAA goaltender, and he played with the U.S. National Development Program. First off, how weird is that, like, with your experience playing for Team Canada, having, uh, having him play with the U.S. National Development Program? And do you remember what it was like telling him about your experience playing in the NHL? You know, it's funny because my kids, both my boys that played hockey, never saw me as a hockey player. It's always as a mom. So even when I try to give them tip, they look at me like, seriously, mom. <laughs> and, um, but Dylan and I, we developed that relationship, him being a goalie and me having played a position that, you know, especially like the mental part of the game, that's, that was my strength. And I always wait for him to come and talk to me. And those are the things that we were able to talk about, um, you know, if you want advice about like for certain thing mentally to prepare himself, or if you want to talk about the goal that he allowed or how you played and the little thing that the normal person would not see necessarily if you didn't play the position, but obviously I can see it. So those are were the nice things that we were able to talk about um, because I played the position and I understand what he's going through. Now, Angie, so did you get to watch the, the, the very first game when it happened? No. Um, no, I was not a big hockey fan growing up. Wow. I grew up in Detroit. Um, but I remember hearing about something about it. And um, my dad's going to kill me when I say this. But I remember asking my dad, I mean, like, dad, women play in the NHL? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're just usually goalies. So I went my whole adult life thinking all these women were playing in the NHL. And um, that's actually how I got into my own story because I was like, wait, what if we make a movie about that first woman to be in the NHL? And then that's when I Googled and was like, wait a minute. This only happened once? Where are all the other women? So it just made her story even so much cooler and so, more, uh, so much more amazing that she was the only one to do it. And how did you two get connected to do a book and eventually a movie? Yeah, well, so we started with the movie. Um, this was about five years ago. And uh, just, I kind of stalked her till I could finally get, get in contact with her. And it took a while. And then, you know, she totally thought I was some sort of scammer or something and, uh, until we met. And I was like, no, I swear, like, I, I make movies, I'm an actor. And then she was like, okay. And um, we met and talked. And, you know, like, she talked about how she really liked inspiring people and didn't realize how much her story inspired people. Well, that's what I wanted to do with the, the film, right? It's just get her story out there. And so we both really connected on that and the fact that we look ridiculously similar. Um, we kind of like did a double take, like, oh my God, <laughs> I think I'm looking in the mirror. Um, and so we had been, we've been working on the film for about five years and a couple years in, we decided to do um, a picture book. I also write children's books. And I was like, you know, what if we started at a younger age? What if kids, especially girls, saw when they're four or five years old, this woman doing this incredible thing? You know, how much does that change your life when you're seeing other people do things that are supposed to be impossible, right? It gives you the courage to do things that are supposed to be impossible, um, which is really the power, I think, of children's book. And 
children's books and her story is so powerful. So it was just, you know, it just seemed like fate to be able to do that. And, and to touch on that, I guess, what message do you hope the book sends to young girls who read it? I think for us, it's always just been like dreaming big, working hard and never giving up, like not letting no stop you. Manon says it all the time, how she did not let no stop her. And just like having these dreams and, and believing in yourself. Um, and, and I think that's something that we've also really connected on. Uh, you know, Manon wanting to play hockey when it was all boys playing and everybody thinks she was crazy. And then I grew up in a family where being an actor was like, insane nobody's an actor right and just neither one of us gave up and kept working towards that and i think that's really what we wanted to share with girls and boys and and adults because a lot of adults like to read children's books too of like have that dream and just don't give up just work really hard and never ever give up and manon you, you mentioned you never kind of expected what the impact of you playing in those games would mean so far down the line and did you ever expect a book and a movie to come out from it <laughs> No, you know, years ago, like people were talking about it, but like, I didn't think that it would happen. And I, I, it's kind of surreal to, to read a book about your story and something that my kids can be in a library at school and pick up and see their mom, <laughs> a story about their mom. So, and, and like Angie said, like the biggest message we want to send to people, you don't need to fit a mold to what you want to do. Uh, I certainly not fit the mold of what an NHL goalie should look like. I was absolutely the total opposite of what a goalie should look like. My size, my gender, I speak French, <laughs> that didn't help either. Um, so, but I believe, like, I love the sport so much and I work hard and I took every opportunity to make it to the highest level. And that's what I, we hope that people is going to be inspired with. And you're the only woman to ever make the NHL. We saw Shannon Sabatos got to, to practice with the Edmonton Oilers over time, but was there a player that maybe you played with um, either international competition or wherever that you thought maybe should have got a shot at some point, even if it's an exhibition game or training camp, or whatever. And we have several like, great uh, goaltending that came uh, along the way, uh, both on the Canadian national team and the U S even uh, in, uh, in Europe. Um, also some players that, you know, are amazing player. I think the biggest difference now is women have way more opportunity on the women's side to play one at the professional level or on the national team playing college mm -hmm. hockey. In my time, I didn't have any option. Um, it was very limited what I can do with women. So um, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I got this chance and maybe some other women didn't get a chance later in life. Are, are you still playing hockey, just even recreational at this point? Sometimes I play for fun, but out of the net, I play out. I think it's the dream of every goaltender to score some goals. So. <laughs> and when you don't practice in that, uh, it's not as fun than when you practice every day and you go play a game. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to shoot on yourself if you're the goalie. You got to get Angie to start playing. <laughs> oh, we have been. I've been learning to play goalie for the film, and I think Manon really enjoys scoring when I'm in the net. I think it's <laughs> one of her favorite when I, uh, Angie asked me like to teach her how to play goalie and I had Dylan, my son Dylan, and I said, you're going to come with me at the ice. And I called Angie and I said, I'm bringing you gear, just show up there. And she texted me back and she said, what should I wear over my gear? <laughs> and I look at my son, I'm like, oh my goodness. I said, this is going to be a long day. And we got there and I had to dress her up like she was my kid putting the equipment on her. But I was really, really surprised that first day she was on the ice. 
she surprised me. She was able to stand there, do a few things, move around, say some talks. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, I had no idea. No, I had no idea. I didn't know they had different skates. I mean, I literally, I did. I felt like a five-year-old. I'm like, dress me, mom. <laughs> that, you, you picked the absolute hardest position to learn right away. <laughs> I, I played goalie growing up. I could say it's the hardest and it's insane thinking that you'd want to have these rubber pucks hitting you in the head, but that means it's you saved the puck. so insane. And how fast they come too. One of my other goalie coaches, Steve Bellicat, he would say, he's like, you have to be a little crazy to be a goalie because nobody in their right mind would be like, hey, let's have a puck come 100 mile per hour at our head, you know? So I think you guys all might be like a little left of center, but we love you for it. <laughs> it is what it is. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Breaking the Ice will be out October 20th and we'll have a link for you to check it out below. Manon, Angie, thanks so much for joining awesome. me. Thanks for having us.